Hey everybody, this is Kevin Kautzman with the podcast Get This. It's a show about things people love, and I'm coming to you from the St. Paul studio here in Minnesota uh, in the foul year of our Lord, 2020. I should not have started saying that. <laughs> and it's Friday, September 4th. We're heading into the long weekend, and I'm joined by Joe Ferrara. Joe, how are you? Good. How are you doing, Kevin? I'm doing all right. I am doing all right. I have a, a new baby boy who just came home uh, this week, and so we're adapting to that. Uh, and, and where are you? You're in Colorado, correct, Joe? Yep. Uh, Southwest Colorado, San Juan area. Uh, if anybody knows any that part of the Rockies, probably hmm. one of the the nicest part of the Rockies. <laughs> okay. All right. And, and this is the show about things people love. Uh, and I, I created it because uh, I feel like there's a lack of earnestness and a dearth of positivity in the world. And I think we need it more than ever. So what are we, what are we talking about today? Something you're passionate about that you, that you really love? Yeah. So um, we can get into the story, but just a little intro. Um, you know, I'm super passionate about nutrition and just getting people outside their comfort zone. And for me, it all started with nutrition. So that's what I'm super passionate about sharing with the world. I've been thinking a lot about that lately, given what I just went through with, with baby and the ICU and this intense, uh, somewhat traumatic experience and how quickly, and this is a, this, this phrase is silly, right? Self-care but how quickly that goes out the window when your mind isn't right and how it creates this vicious loop. And suddenly you're in this really bad place. You're eating constant takeout and then you, you're waking up every morning, you're feeling terrible and then you're repeating bad, bad, you know, habits. I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people are because this whole new COVID loop is kind of like a loop in itself, you know, and mm -hmm. I experienced it when I first, you know, was, furloughed or whatever from my regular job and was staying home all the time because it's a change of routine and any change of routine, just like you having a baby and being stressed and, you know, things like that, it, it's really hard for people to deal with. So a lot of the stuff I do is so that when times like that come up, you can, you have your habits to fall back on, you know, and you, you know, maybe it will take a few weeks of adjustment, but you still know your habits are there. You know what to do to get back to your regular uh, healthy lifestyle. Are you the kind of person who has a fixation on a particular diet? Are we talking paleo? Are we talking keto? What are we talking about? So I don't. And I actually uh, encourage people to ditch the diet, as they would say, um, just because it doesn't, you know, maybe keto could work for somebody. Sure. But I think most people have a very individual way of eating. So it's, it's really an individual process in figuring out for yourself. And I like to say to do instead of ha instead of a diet, work on your habits, you know, your food habits. And that could be things like adding more vegetables you like to a lunch or adding protein to a lunch or even just sitting down for a meal and eating in less or more than 10 minutes, you know, and sitting down with your family and having a conversation instead of scarfing down your food in the car and the drive through, which, you know, we're all been guilty of at some point. So yeah. for me, it's, it's not dieting. It's, it's figuring out what works for you and, and doing more of that. I think it was a big revelation for me growing up because I, I grew up in Western North Dakota. And for us, uh, a meal at McDonald's was just that. We thought of it as a meal. And as I grew older, I, I realized, oh, no, this is a snack. This is a treat or a snack, not a meal. And that, there's some class involved in that. And there's, uh, you know, other issues. But, I, you know, I've been thinking of that, about that a lot lately and how much it relates to, to habit. And 
how it's so simple to go and buy a hundred dollars worth of groceries and have meals, healthy meals for 10 days um, or for five days, depending on, you know, if you're it's yourself, a couple, family, whatever, and, and realize you're spending that much money on takeout, two, three orders of takeout and that you've spent that money. So it's like we sacrifice in a, in a, in a weird way, we sacrifice our health for the convenience of the, of the takeout or the fast food. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, uh, even to, to challenge the, the time, the convenience, uh, you know, if you actually think about how much time it takes to get takeout, because I don't know about you, especially if, if you're ordering with a significant other, how much time do you spend <laughs> trying to figure out what to eat? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's true. That's a good point. Yeah. And um, go, and then if you go to pick it up or like things like that, so you could have a meal ready and, you know, I mean, I have meals that I can make in 10 minutes, but you know, if if you're just starting to cook, maybe take you a half an hour, an hour, but I mean, it might take the same amount of time to go get that takeout and figure out what you want to eat. And then, you know, so it's funny, like it, it, and it really is a mental thing. And that's probably Mm -hmm. what we're going to end up talking about a lot, but um, Yeah. yeah. Well, and where are you from originally? I'm from New Jersey originally, okay. so um, I have an interesting history with food uh, because I'm Italian. I don't really look it, but um, I'm from Southern Italy. You know, a lot of people don't realize there are blondes in Southern Italy. Sure. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, you know, so I, I grew up with like, you know, the pasta and the lasagna and the pizza. You know, I you know, go into New York and get my slice with my dad, when, you know, join oh. him at work. I loved it. Yeah. And, you know, I was always taught to clear my plate as a kid. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. Um, even now it's really hard for me to stop eating what's on my plate just because I grew up like that. And a lot of people grow up with those food trends and, you know, there's nothing bad or good about it. It's just, you know, I didn't grow up with a lot of vegetables or things like that. It was a lot of carbohydrates Mm -hmm. and those are the easiest things to overeat. And it's really hard to get off a diet full of carbs. And, you know, when you're so used to that food, that's just, you know, fills you up quickly and, you know, you can't stop eating it. So, um, you know, not that carbs are the demon, like some people think it's just, you know, developing a healthy relationship with food, knowing when you're full. And um, a lot of those things I don't think are taught when you're a kid. It does feel like we've undergone a real renaissance in our relationship to food and diet. When I think about, and I'm not casting shade on my, on my elders here, but when I think about what we were raised on uh, in, in the most part, it's pretty, pretty bad. (laughs) pretty awful yeah. the the sugary cereal in the morning then for some yeah. reason we're drinking milk at school and then when i think of the school lunches i go okay send me to prison i've been to prison <laughs> like you're not <laughs> like no please don't please don't but like at the same time it's like what are we really what what did we really go through there and then this kind of dawning realization in the 90s and then in, in the, into the aughts that wow this is not making us feel good and we're not healthy and and then uh, I'm trying to think of who we can really lay lay it at the feet of. I mean, there were always diets, uh, you know, in the 90s and, and the aughts. But I guess maybe the question here is, when did you really awaken to this and get into it? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and like the, the we could talk about the history all day. But mm-hmm. I mean, really, if you think about it, you know, people were not getting this overweight or out of shape back, uh, you know, maybe the 20s and 30s, 40s 
whatever. But then once processed food came on the table, that's what really started causing the problem, you know, and a lot of times fat was demonized, you know, there, yeah. we've gone through all these trends of different things, which actually made things worse because a lot of things were filled with sugar. But I mean, really, that's, that's what I've realized. And it, it, that it was the processed foods that was doing it for me. Like, cause when I was in college, uh, you know, I, I wasn't exercising as much as I was in high school. You know, I was in great shape in high school, but I was still eating the same. And that's when I gained a lot of weight. You know, I probably put on like 50 pounds. Oh, and, right. Well, they call it the the freshman 10 or <laughs> fresh, freshman 15, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, that. I mean, it was over the whole, you know, all the beer, the pizza. Oh, uh, yeah. I, had, I had a pizza place right under my apartment. The pizza was you know, bigger than your face. <laughs> Where do you go great. to school? Where do you go to school? I went to Virginia Tech for okay. engineering. Right on. Um, so yeah, there, and that actually most people don't know this, but it has like the second best food in the country. I don't know who rates these things, but mm. it had incredible food. Mm. Um, side to, you know, they had like steaks you could buy lobsters at the dining hall, like a, a teriyaki, you know, uh, cook in front of you, hibachi kind of thing. What? Like, yeah, okay. the All place right. is amazing. If you want some really good food, not going to lie. Mm. Uh, there's a Kadoban campus, a pizza hut, like a Chick-fil-A. Um, so just, you know, plethora of options for me. Um, hmm. But anyway, like my senior year, I got super out of shape, like, you know, couldn't even do like a lot of the activities I wanted to. So when I graduated, I was like, I'm going to get in shape, go on a diet, go to the gym, you know, all the regular stuff, like go running and stuff like that. And um, so <laughs> I followed the whole six meal a day thing that was popular at the time. And uh, this was more of a bodybuilding thing. It was like keep huh. feeding your metabolism, you know, because it's going to keep firing. So it'll keep burning calories, you know, if you're feeding it. Hmm. Um, and um, so I would measure all my portions on a scale, protein, you know, fats, carbohydrates, all that. So I knew exactly how many calories I was eating and just trying to maintain deficit, going to the gym every day, you know, running on the treadmill, like stuff like that. And like, I hate the treadmill. <laughs> like, oh, like, I hate it. I oh, hate it man. so much. Oh, it's, it's so boring. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'd rather run outside in the cold than mm. be on the treadmill. But, mm. um, but anyway, so I was doing that. It wasn't, and as you could tell, it was stuff I really didn't, I did not enjoy it at all. And, but I just did it because I, you know, and I lost some weight, but I couldn't keep it off because as soon as I'd go on a trip, I couldn't eat six meals a day. I couldn't measure my portions. I couldn't get on the treadmill, you know, incredibly unsustainable. Right. So, um, hmm. yeah. So, I mean, it's a lot of what people go through. So, you know, I've been, been there, done it. And I finally found a better way to eat, uh, through sustainable health habits, like through precision nutrition is where I got certified. And that was the thing we were talking about earlier. And I just started adding like vegetables to my breakfast. Didn't worry about portion sizes as much, especially in the beginning when I was just getting used to eating that sort of food and just focused on one habit at a time. So I wouldn't worry about the portions at all. And I would just bring a steamable bag of vegetables to work, eat that in the morning with my eggs. And maybe I'd cook a bunch of eggs all at once or prep them in the microwave, just making things super simple, super basic level, and just trying to eat more whole foods less processed foods. And that's where we're coming back to talk about the processed foods. And that's what I say now, if you can just eat more whole foods to start with and not worry about anything else, that's an amazing place to start. Amazing. So we're talking people, about eggs. We're talking about carrots. We're talking about broccoli. We're talking about nuts, uh, mm -hmm. fruit. Yeah. One ingredient foods essentially, you know, and like, or low ingredient foods, you know, if it doesn't come in a box, it's probably pretty good, you know, and like, 
that's the whole outside of the grocery store pretty much. It makes your grocery shopping easier because you're not wandering around aisles looking for the right cereal for that week or whatever, you know. And it's not, not saying they can't have those foods every once in a while, but, you know, when you're first starting to develop these habits, you just start with one meal and make that meal as much whole food as you can. And a lot of times that might be adding vegetables or protein for you and then going from there. And then even some people like, you know, we were talking about fast food earlier, maybe get the healthier option at the fast food place to start with. And then once you do that, then maybe you can start working on trying to prep that meal at home or something like that. So it, it just depends where people are meeting them where, where they're at and then building, you know, and it's going to take longer than a diet for sure to, to lose the weight. But the key is you'll keep it off, you know, which is, I think it's something, I forget the statistic. It's like 80% of people who lose weight, put it back on or something like that, hmm. especially when they're overweight. Right. So. Where do you usually start with people? So, because you have a, you have a business where you coach this and tell people where they can find that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you can find me at tryfortravel.com, uh, T-R-I-F-O-R travel. And um, where I start is, is usually like with an easy habit that you're either is your biggest obstacle or it's something you're doing a little bit of that we can do more of, you know? So for like, for instance, for me, it was, I never ate vegetables with breakfast. Uh, I don't know. It's just not an American thing, I guess. Yeah. That, that is, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. yeah. Weird. Hmm. Right. But like other countries, they do it all the time. Like if you go to Vietnam. I, sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I recall I spent a, a little time in Switzerland and France uh, after, after college. Uh, and I recall the breakfast over there, it would be a, a table full of salamis and little slices of egg and cheese and all these little pickles and things. And I'm like, this is breakfast. Wow. Okay. All right. A little different. Yeah. Yeah. And um, for instance, like when I went to Vietnam or even Australia, cause they have a lot of um, Southeast Asian inspired stuff mm -hmm. there. It's like a broth with vegetables and noodles and a little bit of meat. You know, it's, it's well, not like a typical right. breakfast. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is aggravating. I mean, I love American breakfast. I'm, I'm, I'm German Irish and the Irish part of me. I mean, both sides of me just love potatoes. You put a sausage on my plate, some potatoes, some spicy mustard, and I'm ready to go and plow the fields. But that's not that's not the lifestyle we live anymore, you know. I, I, so I eat all that and with a, maybe like a steak, and then I come and sit at my computer all day. Different, yeah, yeah, yeah it's exactly, yeah. exactly. And I love, you know, I breakfast is like my favorite meal. I, I can eat eggs every day. Absolutely. But um, mm -hmm. but <laughs> but um, the where the problem comes in is a lot of people are having like heavy, heavy carbohydrate laden breakfast, pancakes, bagels. You know, that's right. A, cereal it's pretty typical american breakfast it's not eggs and bacon which is you know really not that bad for me <laughs> like that's sure that's some healthy protein and fats but um you know so what i would encourage someone to do in that situation if they were me like say you know because i would i grew up in new jersey and i don't know if you know but that's like the bagel capital of the world so like <laughs> you know we have the best i, I thought new yorkers would probably argue with you well, they all come over from New York, you know, so okay. essentially it is all the New York bagels, all right. but, okay. but you have a bagel shop on every corner. Sure. You know, yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. Locks and the whole, yeah. the whole nine yards. Yeah. The bagel everything, give me the cheese. everything. Yeah. 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 So uh, anyway, so I had to sh 
you know, shift my focus there. And what I would tell someone like me is don't even stop eating that bagel. Just have like a side of vegetables with it or, you know, mm, even some eggs mm, mm-hmm. or, you know, make it a bagel sandwich instead of a, you know, bagel with cream cheese. Like just add that healthier whole food component to it instead of taking it away, which is what a diet does. Because if that was like a keto diet, it'd be like, you can't have that bagel. You have to eat eggs and bacon and that's it and you can't even have any carbohydrates you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. it's it's so much better and this comes back to the mental side because you don't feel like you're restricting yourself you feel like you're you know you're just adding things to your diet and a lot of times what happens is you'll get filled up from that protein and you'll eat less of the bagel or you know those vegetables will fill you up and you'll eat less later in the day maybe you won't have the slice of pizza or whatever it is so you know that's really smart i like that the last episode i did was with dan barrett and he was talking about uh mental models and i felt like we could have gone on for another hour talking about those things and it it is interesting to think about the way that we respond to rewards and i think if you tell somebody no what is what does the human mind do well i'm gonna do it anyway right Mm -hmm. so i think that's a very smart application of that kind of you got to re- rewire. Yeah. And hmm. I mean, we don't think about it that way because most of us, I, I, you know, I think a lot of people are go-getters and they're ready to get it. And so was hmm. I. And, you know, so you want to do it all at once and you can do that for a few weeks for sure, but you're not going to be able to establish it as a habit. And, hmm. um, you know, another great um, look into that is James Clear, Atomic Habits, you know, is just starting small and building because it lets you create those small wins, which turn into bigger wins. You know, like I said, it definitely takes longer, but it's so much longer lasting. So would you rather have something that lasts or that you, that you try like a million different diets and keep losing and gaining the weight, which is really common for people. Yeah. We're in this transition right now where, you know, baby has come and we were a couple of New Yorkers met in New York. I mean, we're from out here and we're in the, process of breaking the takeout habit and breaking the fast food habit. Not that we eat a lot of fast food, but we'll go out and we'll get a, you know, we'll get some Chinese food or what have you. And uh, trying to get that down to one a day, because sometimes we will do, you know, two, two times a day. That's a problem. Not only for the, for the checkbook, you're just looking at how much you're spending. uh, And you go like, oh, this is, wow, this is a crazy bill at the end of the month. This could go to a lot of other places, but also for health and for sustainability, right? If you want to, you want to start a family, you want to raise a family, you got to start thinking about like, what's it going to take to, to, if you want to have two, three, four kids, uh, you're not you're not going to be going to Chick Fil A. You're not going to be getting Chinese takeout. So what are you making at home that that is a big rich meal for everybody, especially starting out for mom and dad? Uh, and you're not you're not burning yourselves out. So do you have any advice around that? Like what are what are some good kitchen habits that people could start to start to uh, adopt? Yeah, absolutely. And like 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 you said, just start small. Like even if you're eating takeout twice, maybe eat it once and. Mm-hmm. Um, add a meal you know don't try to do it all at once it's very tempting to don't so for me kitchen habits it all starts with grocery shopping you know Mm. um and it it seems simple like because we've been doing it forever but there there definitely is a better way to grocery shop and it's different and it's another thing that's different for everyone and it's hard to advise on but um what I'd say, like, what's been working very well for a lot of people, especially during times like COVID and where things are all up in the air, you can order your groceries for pickup now for free. Mm-hmm. So you don't even have to go in the store. The first time you're going to build that list, it's going to be tough. Um, but 
you can reorder the same stuff over and over again. So you could just be like, I want this exact same thing. And most people eat the same stuff over and over again anyway. So what I would say is focus on one meal, like I was saying. And if you're not prepping anything at all, like one time a week, that's all you got to do. You know um, what I say, like for any new habit, make sure you're 90% confident you can do it. Uh, you know, at a frequency, you're 90% confident you can do it. So maybe for you, you're, you're already making a lot of food and you want to cook all your um, you know, it's pretty common that people have trouble with dinner that I talk to. So maybe you want to make all your dinners for the week. So I would say pick out uh, things at the grocery store to make up your meal. And basically those are all whole foods if you can. And, um, you know, focus on basically just comprising your meal of the macro areas, which are protein, um, starches, fats, and vegetables, you know, are kind of like their own separate thing. And so basically when you go to the store, you just want to buy uh, foods in those areas and just make the meal of that. So for instance, a, you know, a great dinner that a lot of people love um, is just roasted chicken with roasted vegetables and roasted potatoes. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. That and was what do, I was going to say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you could do that all in one pan. Well, I mean, you probably put the chicken in a separate pan and then the vegetables and the potatoes together in one pan and roast it on 450. The chicken, you know, depending if it's breast or thighs, will take like 17 to 20 minutes. And the vegetables probably take half an hour with the potatoes, maybe 45. And that's it. And you, you can make as much of that as you want. Think about it, because it's just on a pan. Like you could put three pounds of chicken and like fill up another huge pan with, with vegetables or even two if you wanted. Like, so mm -hmm. you can make enough for family for a couple meals, you know, and yep. stuff like that. And then less of a, a, a bulk thing I like to do that something quick is just sauteing some meat with some spinach and um, heating up you know, some rice in a rice cooker or on the stove um, or even instant rice is okay. Like if that's something you need quickly. So, um, and then you can add your healthy fats with the olive oils and stuff on the, the things we've been talking about there. So, um, you know, those are two great examples for a quick dinner instead of, you know, a takeout. And, yeah. you know, it starts in the grocery store. You, you buy those ingredients you need, buy the vegetables you like and already know. Mm -hmm. And I'd say add some diversity. Like a lot of people don't think about this. Just buy a couple different types of seasoning. Like all seasoning is really easy because you can, you don't have to do like salt and pepper. It's just one thing, just throw it on, you're done. And then at the end, like, it's like, it tastes different from Tuesday to Monday. So you get that diversity that a lot of people like, because a lot of people don't like to get eat the same thing. Get bored of the same thing. Right. And then that's where condiments and like, uh, you know, jalapenos mm -hmm. and other little garnishing and things can come in. We, we made last night a big uh, cut of pork and threw some uh, pepper, some onion. What I would tell people, and I'm not an expert in this, but I, for me, getting off the stovetop and getting into the oven was a big transition because you can put something in mm -hmm. the oven for an hour and then do other stuff, come back, pull it out, serve it. You're done. If you have extra, if you have too much, you box it up. And then for lunch the next day, you make tacos out of it. You, you cut it up further, you make tacos. Now you're in good shape and you're having fun with it. And uh, you're, you're avoiding those, those, killer apps on your phone that want to send you sodium and <laughs> right. I mean, and I look, I love some good takeout barbecue. You send me some good takeout barbecue. I'm going to eat that. I'm not going to say no. And there are days where that, that has to happen. Uh, <laughs> but man, yeah. And I love, I actually enjoy cooking. I love cooking. And you know, for me, it really came when I discovered what you can do uh, with the oven. Yep. 
seems yeah. basic, right? But a chicken breast, a sweet potato, and then, you know, uh, those for 30 minutes at 350 and then throw in some broccoli uh, at the end for 30 minutes. So you got a, you got a, a better dinner than you're going to get at, at most restaurants around town. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and just think, think of that. And especially now, like, well, I mean, we're getting in the fall here, but it's still pretty good for grilling. Just throw more on the grill, you know, like make a bunch of chicken breasts on the grill instead of just the mm. one or two for, you know, so always just think in hmm. bulk, like hmm. how much you can always freeze more if, if, you know, worst case, like if you're not going to eat it, like, and then you, like a lot of times I'll get busy and I can pull those things out of the freezer already made. And I'm like, thank God I have this. Yeah. Like, and a lot of times I'll have stuff sitting in the freezer for a while. And then I'm like, oh yeah, this is good. Like, cause I'm super busy this week. I don't have time to cook. So, um, you what know, do you, just, what do you think about snacking and stuff? Like what do you do for snacks? Yeah, and that's always a tough one for people, especially me, because um, I'm not so much a sweet tooth. I'm more of like a snacker, like salty chips and stuff. So, um, you know, uh, for me, I've switched over to eating a lot more nuts because they're a lot more filling for me. Um, Definitely, you could still definitely overeat them, but Mm. uh, just portioning them out and just having it in a small bowl is really helpful for me uh, just to get through those times of day and fruit is i think it's really helpful um you know and a lot of times i'll you know switch over like if i'm thinking of having chips like you could just have some uh hummus with some like vegetables like it's still really good you Uh know so but i mean i i think that i kind of treat it as almost a treat for me like having some chips on the weekend while watching the game or something like that like because that's really important for me to just be able to relax you know so it comes back to the 80 20 principle like if you're good 80 percent of the time you're probably doing better than 99% of people, you know, so don't worry about those 20% indulgences. And it comes back to the mental side that we talked about before, you know, like, don't let it get through your head, just let it go. Um, Especially if you overeat, just get back to your regular diet and things like that. And there's definitely healthier snacks, there's definitely, definitely more processed snacks, but it just depends. Like if I'd say if like a bowl of chips is going to keep you happy and stop, stop you from like binging out on some crazy like buffet or takeout on the weekend. Like then maybe have that bowl of chips on a Wednesday when you're watching, you know, basketball or something like, sure. <laughs> so so me, it's how, all relative. Yeah. How does a guy uh, from New Jersey obsessed with carbs end up out in Colorado as a nutritionist? How did that happen? Yeah. So, um, it's a good story. So I, uh, <laughs> so I, I, when I graduated from Virginia Tech, I started working in Connecticut as an aerospace engineer, and that's when I lost all that weight, got super into nutrition, you know, started coaching some people. But the bigger thing for me, which it did, which I never expected, was it kind of, um, and we could talk about this all day. This is another topic in itself. It kind of got that change muscle going. You know, it was like getting from a fix to a growth mindset and just thinking I could do different things. So I ended up enrolling in grad school. Like I got a degree in international business while I was working. And also um, I completed my first half Ironman. So I started training for that. You know, and I've always been super into biking and, you know, I really love swimming. Like running was the hard part for me. Oh, I love swimming. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the best. Yeah, but I, I like running a lot more now. But anyway, so... Um, four years into that, I was really tired of that job. Like, it sounds like a cool job, but um, I don't know. I couldn't express my creativity in the corporate environment, especially an old school aerospace company. Oh, still doing boy. Stuff from the They're 70s. pretty conservative, right? Right out of Dilbert. 
Yep. <laughs> yep. And cubicles, like all Why that, are like, we in this meeting? <laughs> yep. <laughs> we're in this meeting because we're in this meeting. <laughs> and we're going to be here until the hour. We had, we, I mean, it's kind of a funny story. Like there was some, there was like a failure in a fan blade and we had an hour meeting every day and they're like, do you have anything new? And be like, no, it's been a day. (laughs) What what the point of this is. Right. Uh, uh, Yeah. I did corporate for a while and I just, I burned right out because I do, I do websites, uh, K2 creative, K to the two.com. And it's like you, staring at the same website every day for three years, you start to, you start to lose it a little bit. Yeah. Got to have different projects. Got to have to meet different people. Got to, got to be stimulated. I'm too creative to, to be in corporate, I think. Yeah. 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 Uh, that was the big thing for me. I didn't realize that, especially graduating, you know, you're like, Oh, you go work for a company. And, but I didn't realize that I like, I'm more of a creative engineer than most engineers. And, so I wanted to think outside the box a little bit. So anyway, I ended up taking a pretty drastic step in quitting that job and then deciding to bike across the country. Uh, so I biked. Right. Yeah. So wait, okay. So you quit your job. This is good because this is now we're into the, the, the turn into act two here. So you yeah. quit your aerospace job mm-hmm. because you're burning out and you can't stand the cubicle and you, you get a bike and you go, I'm going to bike across the country. Not yeah. a lot of people will ever do something like this in their lives. So let's stop and mark that. <laughs> yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. And the cool part for me was like, I'm going to leave my front door and bike to Florida and then bike to San Diego. At least, you know, that was the plan. Woo! Um, Whoa, doggy. Okay. So what happened? So what happened? I want to hear this. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, so I, I followed through with it, which I was really proud of. And like there, this is, another whole topic is like following through with your stuff. I just kept putting myself out there. Bought a, Once I bought the bike, I was like, I have to go now. So what kind like, of bike did you buy? I bought a, a Trek 520, which is mm-hmm. a steel touring bike. Um, and she held up pretty well uh, mm. for the most part, which was good. I actually had a cracked, the section on the top was cracked when I was coming into Texas, but um, I spent, I was lucky I was spending some time there volunteering. So I was it's just that Texas warranty. energy, just yeah. you know, you know, warping <laughs> space time. I spent three years in Texas. So you, yeah, it's different in Texas. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah. Um, so anyway, um, I thought I would be gone for like three months, four months, maybe. Right. So I leave my front door, you know, bike across the first New York border, um, bike to Philadelphia and stay with my brother. Oh, and- is your brother still in Philly? Uh, just outside it now, yeah. Cool. He's in he's in Doylestown. He he was at UPenn at the time for mm. veterinary school, um, and now he's a vet. <laughs> nice. All right. Cool. Well, yeah. So anyway, uh, uh, you know, and then I ended up spending like a week and a half in Philly, like hanging out with my I brother. Love Philly. Yeah, me too. Love Philly. Got the cheesesteak, all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but um, so anyway, it's already like you know different than I would have ever expected because it became less about. The bike, it was amazing. Like, don't get me wrong. Like you see the country change before your eyes, but like it was, it was hard doing it by myself because I would go and see my brother and then have to leave and Mm. be on my own again, you know? So that was tough. And it took me a lot to get through that and, you know, um, kind of made me understand a lot more about myself. But anyway, how did you map this? Because it seems to me, I mean, are you on highways? Are you, what did you do to plan it? Yeah. So um, there's a really great resource for bike touring. It's the Adventure Cycling Association. Hmm. And they, they have routes that go across the country. Wow. Um, so there, there's one on the East Coast. And that was the one I was 
following at the beginning because I figured I was new to this and just staying at a lot of campgrounds and stuff and things like that. And, um, you know, because you know, it's a, it's a better route and it takes side roads, less busy mm-hmm. roads. I mean, there was times like when I was in upstate New York, I was like, there's no cars. This is amazing. And you just have like a beautiful meadow mm-hmm. and mountains. Mm-hmm. And those yeah, are really great times for the tour. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and even in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania is a little like, you know, still back roads, but there's more traffic. So it just depends. Like, but they usually try to keep you on more cycle, cyclist friendly roads, you know? And um, so it definitely goes out of the way. Like if you were, you know, cause there's also a Google map biking direction you can use, but mm-hmm. that's way more direct. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and you might be on some busier roads, but you'll never be on a highway or anything like that. Right. Okay. Um, you know, but yeah, um, you get on the turnpike. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't take encourage... the cannoli. <laughs> leave, leave the gun. We killed it. We killed a cyclist. Yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. So you know, I'd encourage anyone who's looking into bike touring and looking at adventure cycling because it make, you don't even have to use your phone. You can you buy the maps and just follow the turn by turn directions, and it's super hmm. simple. And you know, it's going to be good cycling. There might be other cyclists on there who are following the same route too that you can meet, which is nice. Oh, that is nice. So you're so you're you're heading down from Philly to Florida. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So from there, I went through Baltimore, DC. Stopped with more friends, and like by now we're like a month, month and a half, and like you know, biking down um, Richmond, all that stuff. Um, and then I go out to see my parents out in Southwest Virginia, back kind of where I went to school. So I spend more time there. Um, and that, this is where I actually got off the adventure cycling route and, um, followed the Blue Ridge Parkway, which is, I think the nicest part of my tour. It's just beautiful, um, mountain road. Like you're going up these big climbs, huge overlooks, lots of cool hiking. Um, and all that stuff. So then I end up in Asheville, go back to the coast, uh, follow a little bit more of the route, uh, stop more places, see more friends. And I don't get down to um, Florida until like November. Um, so, you know, I started in August and didn't get there till November. So I thought it would be done wow. with the tour by then. So I was like, whoa, this is taking way longer than I thought. But really what it came about was making these human connections along the way. There's a really great service called Warm Showers and it's basically like couch surfing for cyclists and but except you usually get to sleep in a bed and they feed you like twice and they're they're cyclists too they've usually toured so that you know you have something to relate to immediately sure right and it's just amazing you know to be able to take a break from the road like that it's called warm showers Mm -hmm. okay nice really great resource and um so I stayed at a bunch of those, stayed with a bunch of friends, family members and things like that. So um, went home for Thanksgiving and then I started biking across and, you know, this is um, where I actually met up with some other tours in um, Tallahassee, Florida. We biked to New Orleans, biked through Texas. I stopped in Texas for the winter because it was, that was actually um, colder winter in Texas for some reason. It was mm. in uh, 2017 okay uh, yeah not terrible but it can like get that, it can get chilly it's getting into the 40s if there's a frost like in austin the whole city shuts down yeah yeah i was in houston and oh uh, yeah there was like two days where the city shut down because they got a little bit of a L- little bit of ice and i'm from the north and i'm just like <laughs> oh what is it with these people but they don't have the they don't have the salt they're not prepared for it yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's a little different but mm-hmm. i volunteered there for two months after it was after um hurricane harvey so i was helping build the house oh that's that's nice hmm. so that was another thing that helped me out. But um, so you see where this is going. So it, it just took 
so I didn't really like, by the time I got out to California, it was like um, May. Um, so, wow. you know, it, it was, it was a long trip. And then from there it's to May. Wow. Yeah. You gave birth to yourself there. <laughs> roughly. Yeah. How so, were you feeding yourself this, you know, through all this? I mean, what were you, what were you eating? What were you snacking on? I can't even imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the good thing or nice thing about bike touring, a lot of times you could be in town most days, you know, I, as you know, Texas, that's not always the case because Texas, West Texas is barren. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, but there's still some like random little towns, but um, sure. you know, and by the time I was doing, I was averaging 70 miles a day. Um, oh. <laughs> you know, some days I do less, some days more, but you know, just depending on whatever, uh, this is a few towns and stuff. So like I would carry food and like I'd have my little stove and can make stuff to, oh. you yeah. know, which is great. But a lot of times you stop at a gas station and eat food there. And when you're bike touring, obviously you can eat almost anything because you're burning right. so many calories. Right, right. Um, but what about, tr- I beg your pardon, what about weather? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, weather, you know, uh, I, I think we got pretty lucky with that. Like there was a couple days, maybe it rained a little bit, but you know, you could also like, I was lucky that I was staying with people where I could just be like, well, I'm just not going to go because <laughs> it's raining today. and I'm just going to stay for an extra day or two. And so I would do that kind of stuff. But like, I had like the jacket and like the pants and like, you know, and a lot of the reason I stopped for the winter is because I was like, I, I want to enjoy this and not have to deal with the cold weather and things like that while I'm outside and camping and things like that. So you know, if you have the right clothes, it makes it, it makes a big difference, I think. And, did you, know, you ever feel unsafe? Did you ever feel threatened? Uh, how did people respond to you on the road? Yeah, I mean, um, the hardest part, I think, is dealing with the cars, like, especially on a busy mm-hmm. road. Like, South Carolina is a terrible place to ride a bicycle for some reason, because mm-hmm. they put the rumble strip in the shoulder, so you can't ride in that. And then it's all like two lane roads, like where Ooh. there's like logging trucks and lots oh, of traffic. Oh man. And the so, stress and, and of all of that. Yeah. 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 And no um, fun. so I'd really recommend a rear view mirror that helped a lot just because you could see stuff coming see if someone's not going to move over, you know, you could bail worst case, which I never had to do, but a p- couple people did get kind of close. Um, got buzzed in Arizona one night when it was getting kind of dark by a huge truck. So that, <sighs> Those things scared me for sure. That's yeah. probably the scariest part about yeah. the tour. But the, right. the people people were amazing. Like, um, you know, you come into a town and like people be like, What what are like what what are you doing? Like <laughs> you did what? And you I'd be like, I biked here from Connecticut. <laughs> and they like, And you're an instant like celebrity. You're like yeah. the you're like the bike hobo, right. but with, with some status yeah 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 exactly and so people didn't believe me they were like no you didn't i was like all right well because <laughs> they just don't believe that's possible you know right it's, uh, it, it's so out of the it's box just, yeah it's just yeah. out of their head but um so it's so cool talking to those people because amazing like, you, you have an ins like instantly something to talk about and like they'll come up to you and talk to you you don't even have to like people give you money <laughs> like they're like here like like this nice old lady like it was like please take this twenty dollars like, <laughs> oh oh that's that's darling that's darling <laughs> This is interesting. Yeah, it just makes me think about like on the road and all of this and kind of living that American dream. You've done something that, uh, not American dream, but that that American adventure 
Yeah. yeah. A lot of people will never even do anything remotely like this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the part that I never realized that was so amazing. Seeing that generosity from people, like people offering you a place to stay, giving mm-hmm. you food, like on the side of the road, like stopping in their car and just seeing if you're okay. If like I was changing a flat or something, you know, yeah. people are just really, really nice. Like, and you don't, I think we're insulated from that a lot of times being at home and just seeing the news cycle and stuff when, Oh, the news is so bad. It would have (laughs) you believe that we're the worst people on earth and that we hate each other. And we're, it's just not true people. It's just not true. Yeah. Yeah. And like it, I understand because it's hard to see unless you're out there experience those people, but people that have nothing like, you know, especially some of the places I bike through, like, you know, they're pretty poor areas, but these people yeah. are just super nice people and they're just looking out for you. And like, you know, it's, it's really great to see and people offering so much up of their time and your time, or even just having a conversation with you. It's, it's great to be able to talk to those people. So you, you're in Texas oh, for the winter, you're volunteering mm-hmm. and then you, you strike West and you, do you finally make it to San Diego? I did. Oh, I did San Diego. Wow. Did, Dip my wheel in both oceans, which, you know, had to get that iconic shot. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I made it out to San Diego and uh, it wasn't over for me then. I biked up to LA and then decided to do the Pacific Crest Trail, which is a hiking trail that goes all the way from Cal- from Mexico, the Mexican border in California to um, the Canadian border in um, Washington. Mm-hmm. So I ended up doing that whole thing after that. And, you know, that's a whole nother thing to talk about, but, you know, Awesome. So yeah, I ended up traveling for a year and then um, I was like, I need some place that has mountains and is fun. And like, I wanted to like figure out what I wanted to do next. I didn't want to go back to corporate uh, if I had, if I had the choice. They wouldn't even have you after this. You're like, you're, you've had too much fun at this point. Corporate is, uh, he said that he's got the stink of fun on him. He can't be, he can't be anywhere near us. Yeah. 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 Mm. And you know, I have nothing nothing against corporate but no, um, I mean, it's yeah. just it's just not for me All but right. so i came out here ended up working on the mountain um for a while and trying to figure out this whole nutrition thing and build it back up and you know i've been doing some freelance engineering and just different things just trying to see what works and just living the life out here is is amazing like with the mountains right here i could backpack out my front door hike out my front door ski you know all that kind of stuff did you go through where you're living now on your tour and is that kind of what happened where you said, ah, this is the place I'm coming back to. I didn't, I did not. Um, I was, I actually, you know, I went through the Southern half of the country. So um, I went through Texas. I didn't even go through Colorado. What was Uh, it about this, this place that drew you? Yeah. I don't know. Um, Telluride. uh, I've just heard amazing things about it and it's definitely a very, very unique place. Like if, hmm. if you guys Google Telluride, like you, it will give you an idea in itself because it ends in a box canyon. There's only one way in and out. Like unique in oh. itself, it ends in a waterfall essentially. Uh, so really cool place, huge mountains surrounded by 14,000 foot peaks, um, you know, skiing right there. So I figured I'd try it out for the winter, be, you know, try out some skiing, be a ski bum as they say. Um, Cause I hadn't skied in a couple of years. I thought that'd be fun and give me time to work on my business. And I don't know, I came here sight unseen and then I kind of got <laughs> sucked into a different maintenance job where I'm doing a little more electrical work, which is more aligned with kind of what I know and stuff. So I've been doing that. Um, and it, it, it's been interesting. When did you arrive there? Uh, it's been, uh, I came in, it's almost two years now, November of uh, 2018, I think. Wow. Do you still ride frequently? Oh yeah. 
and uh, the riding here, I mean, as you can imagine, it's pretty incredible. I mean, up and down, up and down. I live at 8,500 feet. So uh, just in that in itself, like, <laughs> it's a workout. <laughs> what did you do? Because a lot of people would make a meal on social media around that experience of, of biking coast to coast. Did you, did you blog it? Did you make a diary? Is there anywhere people can go to find information about it? Yeah, totally. Um, I, I, I'm glad I did this now and I have to go back and watch it. It's been a while, but I did like a, a YouTube video for each section of the bike tour. I talk about it and show some, I had a little camera mount on my bike. So I took some good, um, you know, video and stuff like that. So I do have that on my YouTube channel. Where, where can people find that? Let's just try for travel on YouTube, T-R-I-F-O-R travels. So, try yeah. for travel. And that's, that's triathlon, right? Triathlete. Yeah. Is that where that try comes from? Yeah. And that's, that's kind of where I started with my business. I was hoping to help like endurance athletes, um, establish better nutrition. Now I'm focused more on like me, like my busy corp corporate person, like who sure. doesn't, who doesn't have time to think they eat health, to eat healthy because I feel like you can make the most changes then and do a lot of the, you know, it sounds crazy, like the stuff I've done, but I mean, it really all started with like eating vegetables with my breakfast and just changing that, you know, bringing it all back around, you know, but that's, uh, that's the show title is vegetables for breakfast <laughs> with Joe Ferrara. Yeah. I love it. And yeah. And again, nothing against corporate. We're just trying to lure you out of your yeah. cubes. Come, come with us. We're going to, we're going to, you're going to come on a podcast. We're going to talk about biking across the country. Was there, was there a moment, uh, a, a particular moment where you said, where you had this epiphany and said, I'm, I'm getting a bike and I'm growing going across country or was it more of a slow burn? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, you know, looking back, I think uh, it was kind of a slow burn slash epiphany, if that makes sense. It was mm -hmm. more like, uh, I was into triathlon at the time. So I was right. Like I was riding a lot. Like I would ride probably, I don't know, over a hundred miles a week, um, you know, spread out over a few days, but, um, and, and I always loved biking. Like some of my fondest memories were like, my mom really got me into biking. She would take me on tours when I was a kid on that crappy mountain bike. And I'd be like, walking up the hill like dying and be like mom i can't do this like well you have to you have another 40 miles to go and i was like oh, all right wow. whatever okay. yeah it's a, it's a family thing huh yeah all right yeah my mom is my mom's actually a triathlete too she she's done um she was training for half of iron man before this whole COVID thing happened but what, what is a triathlon triathlon is the cycle is it running and swimming swim bike run so swim bike and, run okay yeah and there's different distances uh, a half iron man for instance, is um, 1.2 mile swim, 55 mile bike, and then a half marathon, you know. And, and the, but those are triathlons. Ironman is a triathlon. Yes. Okay. Ironman is just the longest, like, well, it's, it's not the, it's a really sure, long Sure, it's one, like you know? epic, epic yeah. triathlons, yeah. I, you know, if I got into something like that, I think it would have to involve like a precision sport. I, like I got into archery this year and I'm going deer hunting for the first time. I made a pal and uh, we're going to go out. He's nice. getting his PhD in uh, conservation here in Minnesota. So he's like the perfect guide, but we're both newbies. So we're going to go out and try to figure it out. And he's really competitive too. I'm going to have him, have him on the show. So it's perfect. We're going to go out and I don't know if you've ever done archery, but it is, it's a blast. I love stuff like yeah. that. And uh, for me, um, lifting, lifting heavy has been a really big transformative thing like cardio and endurance stuff. I know I should get into it because it's probably where I would get the most gains and like 
feel the most benefit, but it's also the thing I absolutely hate the most. <laughs> like I just despise it. Swimming well, though would be good. I know swimming would, would be good. I mean, actually what this, a lot of the studies are showing is that mm -hmm. resistance training is the best bang for your buck. Oh yeah. Um, you know, is that just, right? Yeah. Just because in terms of that afterburn you get where, you know, your body's continually in that state where it's building muscle and, you know, having to use a lot of your calories for that. And so, I mean, it, that's all right. And, for me, I cycle. Like I love lifting too. Like I, I, I went. I was that puny kid in high school, like benching the bar. Like that was right. all I do. And but oh, I, I grew so much from there, from lifting with the football team, and like they would kick my butt. But yeah, um, okay, that's cool. Know. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I cycle between different things. Like I, what? I, so there's this new show on Amazon. It's this um, Fiji Eco Challenge Adventure Race mm -hmm. with Bear Grylls. So obviously, okay. you know, it's epic already. Yeah. And it's eleven day race across uh, Fiji, and the only time you you have to take a break is ninety minutes at different camps, and it involves like there's sailing, there's paddle boarding, there's mountain biking, there's hiking, uh, rafting, uh, there's like climbing, like so that kind of, now i'm kind of getting attracted to that kind of stuff so like you were saying with the archery yeah like there's and like there's an orienteering kind of part of hunting as well so mm -hmm. that's the there are different like things like that where you can combine and do stuff like that so um yeah you know it's just a lot of times just knowing that it's a thing <laughs> oh for sure i remember walking into buona archery here shout out to buona archery in little canada and i just said i got this amount of money set me up with a kit and they, they, they put a compound bow in my hands and my buddy Dwayne kind of initially got me into it. And I'm, it's so easy to get addicted to it. I, I want to actually buy a, a plot of land out here with, you know, with a house on it. We want to actually find a place so I can have a little thing in my backyard and go out and shoot. And it's just, it's so meditative. You can't have your phone in your hand. Uh, and it's a workout too. You're, you're pulling back pounds, regularly and by the end of the day you you know you come back the next day and you go whoa that was i really got something out of that and you're working muscles you wouldn't work otherwise i mean it's really addictive and um i made the mistake one day of doing my lifting regimen uh i do the strong lifts um i don't know if you've ever ever heard of it it's really good yep. but i do that um i do do it in the smith press i know it's whatever it's like my little weak weak boy uh, puny boy <laughs> strong lifts but um i made the mistake of doing my lifts and then i went to archery that night and i was in so much pain it oh. was <laughs> it was a big mistake um yeah, man. So, okay, great. So what's next for you, Joe? So you've, you've done a lot in your life already. Are you, are you, are you, are you planted there? You're working on your business. Um, tell us the URL one more time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's tryfortravel.com, T-R-I-F-O-R -I -I travel. Mm -hmm. And that's the same on all the socials. If you want to find me, um, it's pretty easy. Uh, so I don't know for me, like, it, I love Colorado. Don't get me wrong, but it's, I live in a very small town and I kind of miss the big city. So mm. I don't know if I'll stay here forever. And also I'm not the biggest fan of winter and cold. I like <laughs> skiing, but I'm not like obsessed with it. And that's a big portion of the year here. But mm. so, and also I'm, I'm kind of like now like a traveler by nature. Like I enjoy changing scenarios and doing different things. And it's nice. It's been nice here because it's almost like traveling without traveling because there's so I don't know if like just being in this place with so many different things to do, the hiking, the biking, you know, the, it's just crazy. The summer activities here. Um, uh, but you know, right now I'm really working on trying to reach more people to help with nutrition and make that more of my, uh, 
you know, full-time income where I can kind of be anywhere, be location independent, essentially. And that doesn't necessarily be, mean being like a migrant like I was, but just be able to choose where I'm going to be able to be and spend time in places. And I, I just really enjoy those authentic, um, you know, conversations and connections with people is, is, has become really important to me in my life. And I think the bike tour and the hiking and all that really made that uh, more of a thing for me. And around those people and stuff like that I think is something I'm really searching out all the time well, and so if people want to work with you on nutrition they can go to the website and is one-on-one -on -one coaching do you do group coaching how does it all work yeah so um, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching and also there will be like um, a six-part focus we 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 kind of go down into and it kind of helps you have that pyramid or building block of nutrition you can turn to in like crazy times like COVID or whatever's going on where you can turn to this and be like, Oh, I know that I'm lacking in this area and I need to improve it. And those are things for me like stress, sleep, uh, support, like both in terms of like how your kitchen is set up and the people that are around you. And mm. then the grocery shopping, we talked about a little bit, the meal prep. And then the last one for me is, techniques for when you're super busy, when life gets in the way, when new routines come up, like things you can turn to that are quick and easy. So um, I also have, you know, have that like course focus for those people. And then also those habits we talked about, we'll work on those habits. And the biggest thing about coaching is accountability and the knowledge, you know, that I didn't really like, I wish I had that. It took me like three or four years of experimenting around to try to figure out what was going to work instead of just asking someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, I mean, and somebody as independent as you yeah. who, and as stubborn as you who says, you know what, I'm going to Florida and then I'm going to San Diego and then I'm not done. Yeah. I could see that. Sometimes it's just really important to ask for help. You don't know what you don't know though. So it's tricky. Right. But this has been a really fun interview. I hope you enjoyed the hour and uh, you know, I got a lot out of it. I'm going to think about, uh, you know, these apples that I'm going to eat right now. And <laughs> I'm, I really am going to start trying vegetables for breakfast, which is the show title. And um, Joe, just really, really glad to have you on. And I'm Kevin Kautzman. This is get this. It's the show about things people love. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube now. So you can see my face for radio. Uh, get this podcast.com. Joe Ferrara. Thanks for coming on. Thanks so much, Kevin. Let's do it again. Let's do it another time. That would right, be man. perfect. Cool. Rock and roll. Take care.